Rock 106.9. And welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, where this is your last week to win a bunch of money with our workday double pay. It happens 10 after each hour from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. Hope I didn't make that too difficult to understand. Nah. 610, your first opportunity to win yourself $1,000. Joined every morning by Matthew Fantone. Buddy, I cannot wait to talk to you. Okay. Because I know Bash at the Babe was this weekend. Yeah. There was a steel cage match. You're in the building and not arrested because of hosting some event where somebody died. Did anybody get hurt? No, nobody uh, Nobody that wasn't supposed to get hurt didn't get hurt. But, dude, there was plenty of bodies left in the way. Bash at the Babe, Ohio Championship Wrestling. Um, it really was an awesome night. Oh, good. Uh, obviously, I don't think it's too much of a surprise to you to know that the Venn diagram of the Stansberry Show and pro wrestling fans, a lot of overlap. You don't there. say. A lot you, you don't of say. overlap right yeah, there. I, I would figure as much. Um, so I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many fans came up like, dude, listen to the show every day. You guys are hilarious. Why isn't Stansberry here? I was like, I don't know what he's doing with his life. I, Here's the I thing. don't know. I have to make it to one of these. I do. I just, unfortunately, I had to work. I, you know, I, uh, I was required elsewhere. Um, so one of uh, one of our listeners came up to me and was like, "You have to tell Stansberry because he was so worried about the steel cage and like Stansberry kept saying, I want to talk to the guy who's putting the steel cage well, up.' Well, yeah, because we had like three of the wrestlers in here on Friday. Not one of those guys looked like they could build anything out of Legos, let alone a steel cage that we were gonna like throw people on. And she's like, "You have to tell him that you were one of the guys that put the steel cage up." No, did no you? joke, dude. No joke. It you was were like carrying like bars and things. It was in, in like during intermission is when we put the cage up and oh, so every match wasn't in the cage no 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 no. this is even more just the main event dude just the main event gets more suspect so 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 you know i'm there and you know i'm hosting the whole event getting people hype or whatever and uh, i see the see like the uh, other ring crew putting the cage up and i'm like well i gotta go be a part of that so i go over there i help lift it up dude put it in there it was really sweet it really was it was awesome well, that sounds good. That awesome. sounds uh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people came out to support the uh, J. Babe Stern Community Center That's too, good. so that was cool. Um, uh, Dark Star Matt Taylor off the top of the cage. That was crazy. That was a twenty foot jump for him. Um, Robbie Superstar did a twenty. Uh, that is kind of crazy. Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, Robbie Superstar did a, uh, a, a a like backflip off the top turnbuckle into like the crowd. It was crazy. And Sherman Tank, dude, retired. You know, it was it was it was an emotional moment. I won't lie. He took his boots off at the end of the match, and and for whom the bell toll was was playing, and he takes his boots off, leaves him in the middle of the ring. Everybody's crying. It was so emotional, dude. So yeah, that's the that's the bash at the babe report. Ohio Championship Wrestling. See, you don't want me to go to that. I would have been crying for the rest of you is what would have happened. You know what I mean? You're crying because Sherman Tank's never going to wrestle again. I'm crying for humanity. The whole thing just not going to be good. June 17th up in Akron will be the uh, the next event, so I'm sure I'll be talking about that as it gets closer. All right. I'm going to try and keep that date open. Okay. If my services are required at the Agora like they were on Saturday night, you know that'll be unfortunate. I won't be able to go. But if that date is open, then I am going to go to that. Yeah, the uh, the Ohio uh, Championship Wrestling I Arena. like all those guys. You know what I mean? They're all good dudes. Yeah. And, and from what I hear, they put on a great product. 
and, and all that. And so, you know, everybody knows wrestling is just not totally my thing. But, right. yeah, I do want to go see one of those. Yeah, well, dude, you were cordially invited. I got I got the hookup on the tickets, too. Don't you worry. Your boy will get your front row. Is that right? Your boy will get your front row. Well, I like hearing that. Yeah, so, no, it was, it was, it was a, great, a great great part of the weekend there. Um, what do you got going on? What's the story with you? So here's the thing, man. Um, I, it wasn't so great yesterday, but I'm starting to play pretty decent golf now. All right. Yeah, like things All are right. uh, things are turning around. Like I'm hitting, uh, I'm now hitting my driver well enough to where I'm hearing people behind me go, "Whoa, jeez, wow." Yeah, I hit a ball, I think, like 260 yesterday from the tee that made me happy. Usually the whoa and the wow is when you're hey, watching Stansberry eat. That's usually, that's usually when you hear people like, oh my God. That's true. That's crazy. That's still happening. Right. That's, that, that's, that's usually a Mr. Hero. That has not gone down any, uh, that has not, that has not gone away. But yeah, speaking of which, by the way, this weekend it was terrible. I'll do, all I did was eat. Really? Yeah, oh yeah, just shoved. It was my friend's birthday on right. Saturday. And uh, we were working together Saturday night, so we just got tons of dinner and cheesecake, and then somebody else brought a birthday cake, and like I ate half of that, and it was just yeah, it was it, it was brutal. Getting the summer bod ready, I like it, dude. That's, <laughs> yeah, just working all over. It. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I like to see. Um, are you just in effort mode? Is it? I feel like it wasn't that long ago. You were like, dude, I gotta shut it down. I feel like every weekend I'm like, all right, for the next two days, <laughs> gorge, and then on Monday we'll try to pull her back, and then on Monday I'm like, well, I still got this left over that I bought, and I still have this, and so it's just a vicious cycle. I. I I want, I, I want to approach shut it down mode, but I feel like I lost the roadmap on how to get there. I don't know why Monday feels like the nope, that's when I'm starting the diet. Thing. New week! <laughs> like, I like how, well, I mean, Sunday's the true, real new week there, and it's like, if anything, I would think if you're going to start a diet, the day off is probably the day to start it. Starting it on the first day of the work week, to me, feels like, dude, you're already going to be like getting up too early, you're already going to be, at the end of the show, you're going to be starving, you're going to be like I'm cranky. starving now. Right, so I just feel like like if there's am, ever actually. been a time to start it, it is not Monday, the worst of all days. It's also not right now, so if you're driving past something that's open, 7755 uh, sp- Speaking of Hold food. On, I'm giving out the address. <laughs> speaking of food delivered yeah. to the radio station, did you see, I don't know who, but somebody, a listener of ours, brought us lunch on Friday after we were already gone. No, I did not know that. Yeah, somebody emailed us. Like somebody left like like it was like homemade potato soup and a bunch of Rubens and stuff like that. And I guess the sales staff and everybody like, you know, Ate it. picked out on it. Which what, what are they gonna do? It's Friday. We ain't coming back for it. Yeah, I know, but all I do is make it rain good times for them back there. And like nobody even tells me. And then when I walk through there, they throw things at me. So whoever brought us food on Friday, thank you. Sorry we couldn't in- enjoy it there. Yeah, no, I would like to get to the bottom of that and make sure you're thanked appropriately. Yeah. No, yeah, I appreciate the thought. Believe me, if there's anything I want, it is that. Yeah, it is it, dude, Rubens. I missed a Ruben? Yeah, sorry, buddy. Sorry. It's I Monday. Mean, it is. I don't know. We can go check the fridge and see if there's some leftover Rubens or something in there. All right, I'm going to do that. But we have to get you hooked up with this thousand dollars. And oh, I got to ask you some NBA stuff. Okay, right? Because okay. something, dude, something really weird happened with the NBA yesterday. And I was out at the golf course, and like every guy I know, we were all sitting around trying to figure it out, and we couldn't figure out why they would do it this way. Let's give you this thousand dollars, and we'll look into that. Rock one zero six nine. Welcome back to the program on Rock one zero six nine, where you can win yourself a thousand dollars at seven ten. That's when we'll give you your next keyword for our workday double pay. Real simple. You text it in, you win money. Yeah. This is the last week for that. Yeah, get it in while you can. D picks included. No, dude. Allegedly, I'm telling you. allegedly, I have to say allegedly there. I'm telling you, <laughs> I would stop soliciting for people to send 
the D picks along with the keyword. I'm telling you, I don't think I don't think management's gonna like that one. I feel like it's a pretty tried and true system Is of right? D picks make things better, no matter what you've Since, got going on. You know what? Google that. Yeah. I, I you show your math. I don't see it. Get into a big fight with the wife. Send her a D pick. She'll forgive you. That chick at the bar. She gave you her number. She wants a D pick. 200, 200, why not? What's the worst that'll Dude, happen? You're advocating for sexual harassment. Don't do it. Don't do it. That girl that you just met at the bar doesn't want a D-pick. I'm telling you, that's their least favorite thing is un- is, is D-picks they didn't ask for. Yeah, unsolicited D-picks, dude. Go ahead. Send them to everybody. They'll Goodbye ask. All. The woman will ask you. <sighs> what a weird start to the 6 o'clock hour. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that's weird? I, I got to ask you this yeah. because, you know, you're a big NBA guy and I feel like the NBA kind of like bumbled this and I can't for the life of me figure out what they're doing. Why in the world? It, watch this be a real simple answer and I'm just an idiot. Why in the world would you start the Western Conference Finals with Golden State and San Antonio yesterday before the Eastern Conference semis are wrapped up? It was a bit of a head-scratcher for me, too. Obviously, when it comes to the NBA playoffs, there is some fluidity when it comes to the scheduling because sure. you have no idea whether Seven-game series, you don't know what's going to happen. Could go four, could right. go seven. seven right. So they always, when like the playoffs kick off, you have an idea of, like, well, this is the earliest the round could start, and this is the latest the round could end. You know okay. what I mean? You kind of have like a decent idea of, of, of where those chips are going to fall. Um, but until those games start getting played, you really can't like plot out that schedule. Can I ask the question of maybe then what the better thing to do is just assume going into the season, all series go seven games, schedule them that way. Well, but you want to. Because now you're giving players resting time anyway. But you don't want to lose momentum on the fans. Like if you're interested in the playoffs, you've got your team, you're like, all right, things are progressing. You don't want to. You don't want to play. Yes, I forgot. It's not about winning a title. It's about selling products. I forgot about that. You don't want to, you know, have, you know, if every, if there was a week in between now, the Cavs are going to, I think, nine, ten days here. Yeah, it feels if, like forever, if, honestly. If every team went through a nine, ten day rest period there, that would be brutal. Because you're already you, having a problem not being like a, a super popular spot. I mean, it's like one of the big three, but it's like you're not the NFL. Okay, all right, yeah, I didn't think about that. Okay, so you can't just assume they're all going to be seven game series and schedule that way. But you, you, you do have to kind of look down the field a little bit here where like, all right, so game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals is tonight, um, right? Boston versus Washington happens tonight. Why didn't they do that game at noon yesterday and then the Golden State San Antonio game at 4 or 6 or something like that? I said to my buddy yesterday we were out at the golf course. We were kind of like you know know, paying attention to all the sports and all that stuff and what was going on on the TV and I said, why don't they own Mother's Day the way the NFL owns Thanksgiving? You know you're playing basketball in that time of the year. Why not just say, hey, look, if this thing comes this way, what we're going to do is we're going to capitalize on the fact that everybody's over their grandmother's house. Nobody right. wants to be there. And we can start to build the the ravenous fan base that the NFL has done over the holiday. We'll just put pink on everything and we'll say it's for breast cancer. They'll buy it. They're dumb. They don't care. We'll just put pink on it. Um, well, I, there you go. Obviously, I, I think, you know, the, the NBA's big holiday for them that they always try to focus on is Christmas Day. 
day. That's like the big, like you know, you get you get okay. mar- you get sense. marquee matches. You get all those things, and like yeah, yeah. I mean, LeBron because, normally plays on Christmas, right? But 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 it's not like he couldn't be like, yo, Mother's Day. We're gonna try to lock that thing down too. But it it, it goes back to you can't necessarily plan to be playing on Mother's Day and make a big big deal out of it when it's like, dude, what if those games go for? What if those series go four games? What if we don't? What if those games, game seven, isn't necessary? Or maybe planning on it, but it it just seemed really strange to start the Western Conference Finals before the Eastern semis are wrapped I, up. I would think that would just be a rule, like that would just be a prior. You have to have, you know, we're not starting the finals of either side until you're both ready to go. That would make sense. Okay, to me. I like that rule. Um, I'm excited to watch tonight's game. It doesn't start till eight, so I probably won't be able to watch like too much of it before I go to bed. But dude, yesterday, man, what a uh. I know you were out on the golf course. So yeah. you didn't get to, you didn't get to necessarily watch. I it. heard the Warriors were down twenty seven in the third. Was it twenty seven in the third? Yeah, dude. It was. I think twenty seven, twenty five, something like that. Over twenty okay. points. Over twenty points in the third quarter. In that first half, dude. I mean, you could just see the Spurs just you feeling confident, looking good. And um, air taken right out of Kawhi, there. Right? Kawhi Leonard was was on fire, dude. And uh, if you go to wrqk.com, you can check out the video I'm about to tell you about. Um, Kawhi Leonard missed a part of the last series because of an ankle injury. Yes. And it was in the third quarter. Kawhi Leonard went up for a shot, came down on it funny, and was kind of stepping out of bounds. And he stepped on one of his teammates' feet. You could tell he was like, ow, he looked like he was hurt. Like, he looked like he was hurt. And so they go on, they play another couple minutes of basketball, and Kawhi Leonard gets it in the corner for a three pointer. As he jumps up and shoots, Jaja Pachulia kind of like slips his foot underneath of Kawhi Leonard as he's jumping up to shoot that three. And Kawhi Leonard, once again, comes down, hits his ankle, uh, yeah, just misses, misses the entire game, or the entire second half of the game at that point. Obviously changing things. 100% changing thing. I think they were up by like 20 points at that point, and they ended up losing that game, I think, by two. So it was it was, it was was a huge turn of the tide there. It was a huge, like, you know, wind out of the sails. San Antonio looked anemic on offense after that. Like, they couldn't figure it out. And for, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think, you know, Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches of all time, but, dude, you take out the best player on the team. Uh, all right, here's it's the thing. It's debatable. I'm not going to call it's, it's not Kelly Olenek. Were right. you or Linick? I'm sorry, I believe that's how you say it. And, and like it's not that where it's like for sure, but he takes an extra little step right there mm-hmm. and he's kind of looking that way. Ah, mm-hmm. I think it's a dirty play. And Jaja uh, uh, is a, a kind of notorious dirty player. I mean, he uh I'm going to tweet this out so people can see he, it. He's pretty well known for for a kind of playing that, you know, I, and it's a hard to prove in Is he? I don't know like, him. So. It's not like Draymond, Draymond Green just like kicking dudes in the balls where you can look at that and be like, "Dude, you're doing that to do that." This is a little bit more well, it's hard to prove intent. It's hard to, you know, to to show whether he did or did not mean to do that. But when you have a reputation as a dirty player, Player and you have, you know, obviously this wasn't just some dude from the Spurs. This was Kawhi Leonard, and you knew that that ankle was injured and aggravated, you know, within the last three minutes of the game. So to to be like, oh, duh, I'm, I'm conveniently stupid here. Yeah, it's kind of like, dude, and and, and 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 you know, I obviously hate Golden State, so that's going to color everything a different shade for yeah, me. You just, do. just, uh, dude. I, yesterday I, when they were getting beat up, man, loving I, it, right? Loving it. But I knew deep down inside, I'm like, they're going to make a run at this. And so. It, there's no lead that's safe. You can pretend like it's going to be fine, but I knew they were going to make a run at it. I know a guy who got a really good bet. He thinks it's a really good bet in Vegas on the Spurs, and he took the Spurs to win. He bet four grand to win Jeez. 40. 
to win to win the finals or to win no to, this series? to win this series. He took the Spurs to win this series, and I was he's like, it's a great bet. And I was like, other than the fact that you just lit four thousand dollars on fire yesterday at about one thirty two o'clock, it I would have been like, like dude, this guy's on. He's about to make forty girl. But dude, after three o'clock, it was like son of, of a, a bitch. bitch. I don't yeah. know if there's been any update on Kawhi Leonard or anything like that. I haven't heard yet. No. Um, also, if you check out that post of wrqk.com and uh, like I said in there, I'm like. Well, I'm not sure if, if that was intentionally dirty, but there is a video, and it's just so blatantly obvious. Like, the Warriors are the worst at illegal screens. At this point, they're not even screening dudes. Like, they're just pushing guys. They're just, like, shoving dudes. And I know the NBA superstars get calls, and super teams get calls, and things like that. But, you know, for as much as people want to say, like, oh, the NBA, just a bunch of pussies nowadays. Like, I don't know. It kind of seems like the Wild West to me. Like, you know what? Like I want no to talk rules. I want to talk to Scott about that. We'll have Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com on it at 8 20. I'm interested to get his take on that, you know, with the NBA and the Warriors. Because I bet they do get away with a lot because they're seen as small ball finesse. And so when they're doing stuff, I'm willing to bet, you know, refs are like, yeah, yeah, but Steph's little. Doesn't matter what he does. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm very interested to talk, talk to Scott about that. You know what else happened over the weekend? What is that? We buried the lead a little bit. Steve Miocic defended his title. Knocked Junior Dos Santos out. Knocked him out. We have the video. That's also up at WRQK.com in the Sandsbury Show section. But what makes Stipe great, and why I think, honestly, I mean, the UFC's not like the biggest sport in the world, but one of the, I think one of the things that's going to help them is Stipe's the everyman. Yeah, he is. He is the everyman. Yeah, he is. He makes you think, even though you know you couldn't bar fight tonight, Stipe's one of those guys, he makes you feel like, oh, God, like you can do that. That can be done. And obviously, Stipe is a huge man, a obviously well-trained athlete, but he does have a little bit of dad bod when he has that shirt on. Yeah. He just looks like he eats like meat lovers pizza just like you and me. <laughs> he probably does. So he knocks Junior Dos Santos out, and I, there was something that he said in the post-fight interview that I found to be honestly 100% authentic to who Stipe is. Let's take a listen to that. So Fabricio Overdoom, we go to Alistair Overeem, we go to Junior Dos Santos. What is next? I mean, you're you're finishing people in the first round with with ease. My kitchen. That's what that's what's next. Now. I got to remodel my kitchen now. That's remodel the kitchen. Watch the Cavaliers. As we watch the Spurs lose to the Warriors, then we beat Warriors in the finals. But whatever, it's, it's, we're good. <laughs> that's oh, what he's worried about. That's what he's worried. He just did. He just defended his title. Just knocked out Junior Dos Santos, which is not an easy thing to do. That's a great fighter. He had beat Stipe once before. What are you going to do now? There's no Hollywood. I'm not going to Disneyland. I got to put dude, I got to put cabinets in my wife's kitchen. It just that's the everyman. That's what you have to do. That's what you're trying to figure out how to do this summer. Remodel your wife's kitchen. This guy's the heavyweight champion of the UFC and he's got the same problems you got. I dude, I just I love that. Yeah, it's hard not to be a fan of this guy. I'm certainly no like UFC super fan, but everything about him is He's good for my sport right now. Everything yeah. about him. Um, a lot of people saying, and I'm not sure of, of this is you know if this is the appropriate statement or not, but Stipe uh, is putting himself into the greatest heavyweight of all time conversation when it comes to UFC. Man, that's a bold. It's such a young game. I know, like, real UFC fans are like, it's 35 years old. I get that. But for most people, the UFC is a very young sport. Um, talking all-time greats, is it, it seems strange in, in, in that sport to begin with. And I don't want my Ohioism to shade my judgment and to put Stipe somewhere before he should be. But, I mean, 
For some of the other guys' names who get knocked around in that conversation, he's not absurd to mention it. It's not crazy to say Stipe. Man, how cool would that be? Watch him end up on the Mount Rushmore of that. Dude, I mean, at that point, you got obviously Jim Brown is an all-time great. You've got LeBron James, obviously an all-time great. Oh, look at what Fantone's doing right here. You throw Stipe up on that, an arguable all-time great. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Indians, where are you at? Who am I putting on there from the tribe? All-time great Indian? Yeah, well, I mean, Mm. all right, I don't know. Omar, maybe? I don't know. People say Lindor's going to be better. I'm one of those people. Yeah? Yeah. Lindor, better than Uh, Omar overall. Career. uh, Career. Wow. Six with the Indians. Yeah. Statement. That's a statement. Omar was pretty damn good. I'm not saying he won't be, but Omar was pretty good. Yeah, Frankie is special, though. That kid is special. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury Show. Hang on. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. 710 will get you hooked up with $1,000 with our workday double pay. Nice to rejoin, bed buddy. There you go. Well done. Do what I can for you. Phantom's on his job. I like it. Well done. Also, 9.30, we have Rancid Dropkick Murphy tickets. That show, uh, July 30th, Jacob's Pavilion. What a smart tour package, right? Oh, yeah. Both bands, a lot of overlap in the audience there. Just smart package there. I think you see that more and more often nowadays where people want bang for the buck. For sure you do. Especially when it's a bit of a nostalgia act, when it's something like Rancid or Dropkick Murphys, which don't get me wrong, I know they still put out new music, but most people view their best days behind them. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Yeah, you know, so I... um, Just play that one. You see it it across formats, dude. You see see it in country music. Um, you see it in, in in pop music all the time. It's like Backstreet Boys and, and Nelly in and Florida Coolio. Georgia Line. They're all going to go down on the tour together. I'll tell you, you, you want to talk about a, a compiling of artists that is strange and bang for your buck. Do you see Billy Joel brought Axl Rose out the other night? Jeez. That's online at WRQK.com. I thought that was very strange. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to hate Billy Joel. Fan. Axl, yeah. I'm a fan. But... Peanut butter and tuna fish, like the guy says in Big Daddy, like that doesn't work. I don't know. I think they're both, uh, you know, pianists. So I'm sure there was a little bit of. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. Sitting behind the baby gray in there, you know, tickling the ivories. Tickling the ivories. Uh, you know, the what other and piano <laughs> cliches do we know? Um, but you know, it uh, it's up at wrqk.com. Let the people judge for themselves. So I'm also reading this now where uh, this woman's released a book. It's called 10,000 Men and Counting, and she's a former sex worker. Okay. Gwyneth Montenegro. 10,000 men. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Although, you know, Gene Simmons claims to have slept with 10,000 women, and you don't shake in your chair over that. No, I Oh, yeah? (laughs) Okay. 10,000. Putting your genitals in 10,000 people, you know, that's that's a dangerous combination right there, dude. That's a lot. Dude, hearing you say it sounded dangerous. She she used to charge between $500 and $1,000 an hour. All right. And her story starts the way they all start. Started stripping. Then she got paid for sex once. And she mm-hmm. said, there's no going back from that. So I just plunged right into it. She's now a public speaker and therapist and all this other stuff that, you know, people who 
are promiscuous think that they're experts in. You ever notice that? It's like, yeah, yeah I banged everybody, so let me tell you how to live your life. I'm a sex expert. Let me tell you. And it's like, all right, well, tell me about filling out that Valtrex prescription there. But it, Yeah, absolutely. And she says here, <laughs> she says here that, you know, what we all kind of know is true, that it's not about kinky sex. It's about controlling women. It's about feeling empowered. And she says men all feel emasculated in their relationships. And so it makes you feel more like a man. And I, this is where I always say, I always joke that at 50, I'm going to bring hookers into it, but I just can't because it would make me feel less like a man to take out money and be like, thank you for putting up with me and handing money over that. Now, for some men, that's not an issue. It's all who you are personally. Well, I think you're looking at it from the perspective of where you stand today. I think a lot of dudes at 40 who are married and have been in a, uh, what do I want to say, kind of a vanilla relationship and, and, and their wife doesn't necessarily make them feel attractive. And I'm not trying to put it on their wife anymore. I'm sure he's a big part of the, you know. Yeah. So w- once you get there and it's like, oh my God, I'm just undesirable, where you're still out there having sex. You know what I mean? You're still out there like essentially, you know, hunting new, n- 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 you know, new prey where it's like most dudes. Dudes have just been eating. You make it sound more glamorous than it well, is. Most, Keep saying most, stuff. Most dudes have been eating off the same kill for the past how twenty years. You know what I mean? So it's like once you get to that point, and sharing it with me without realizing it. <laughs> once you once you get to <laughs> that terrible. point of of like you just feel in a sexual rut, you just feel in a funk, and 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 you can't necessarily go out and find a new twenty two year old slam piece like Sainsbury can, where a hooker. Okay, well, where, where a hooker would fill that gap, make you feel desirable. Because let's be real, if you are that guy who either just got divorced or or is in a loveless marriage or a sexless marriage, and you go out to the bar and you try to bring your, your game from 1989 or not 1992, it's not going to work at work. all, dude. No, you that's true. You haven't trimmed your pubic hair in the past, you know, in your life. It's not going to work nowadays, dude. <laughs> like, it's a different game out there. It is, it's a, it is a different game out there. She also says, you know, this old thing that we, you know, we've heard about, you know, with men with prostitutes, too, where she said, so much of it is just about communication. Some of them just want to be listened to. Yeah. And I totally understand that. Because yeah. again, I mean, we turn on TV. The sitcom joke, which I know were jokes, but they're derived from truths, which is why they're funny. And the sitcom joke is your wife thinks you're an idiot. <laughs> because your wife thinks you're an idiot. And you know what I mean? So like, I'm sure there are a portion of men that are like, there's this beautiful woman and she's not just dismissing everything I'm saying. She's listening to me. There's a frankness with strangers too, where you can say like, oh, this is what's on my mind or this is. You don't care what somebody who doesn't know you thinks right, about Right, you. where you're, you know, you'd like to think that like your wife, your partner is the one person you can go to with anything, but it's like, no, I can't go. I can't tell her about this. I can't tell her that I want to do this or I can't tell her that, you know, this is what I'm really thinking because you know she's going to judge you. Where a hooker, you kind of have that, like, bitch, I'm paying you. With the same reason you can be a dick to somebody who's taking your money at, 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 at you know, at a fast food place. Don't do that. It's like, it's like, dude, I'm paying you. I'll treat you like crap or I'll treat you however I want to there. See, for me, it would be about the fact I had to pay you to hang out with me. Like that old joke from one of your kids, you know, your mom paid us to be friends with you. Right. You know what I mean? A dog wouldn't play with you unless she, you know, strapped a stake to your neck and that whole thing. Like, I don't, that's how that would make me feel. And so at 50, I hope I'm over it. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I, I'm, I'm going to have to bring that in. At 50, I hope you're alive, buddy. That's, that's my hope. <laughs> Ouch, right? man. Ouch. It turns out we all want to be on a budget, but there's one thing in particular we're all willing to reach into our wallet and spend a ton of money on. I'll tell you what that is next on Rock 106.9. Is it worth $300? Um, and well, well, that could be said about everything, uh, right? But, 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 I mean, it, Jordans aren't worth 200 bucks. Uh, right, but at least you're getting a wear out of the shoes. I just feel like jewelry's such a, like, a, a, you, you, I know the difference between, like, fake Jordans and real Jordans. I feel like with, like, jewelry, for the most part, dude, you could throw some plastic-ass jewels on it, and people aren't going to know the difference. All right, yes, you could dupe people. Yes, you're very, right. Very easily there. Like, very easily. You turn the swoosh upside down on Nikes and people know. Okay, right, all right. right. So, Fair. So, uh, but, why, but what jewelry are you buying your mom? Like, I understand your wife, or I understand the mother of your children. Well, that's, I, I would imagine that's what a lot of this is, is that you're, you know, guys are spending a lot of money on their wives for Mother's Day because your son's five and you can't do anything. And the right. wife's like, you know what, dude, all year, all I do is heat up chicken nuggets and clean stains out of your underwear. I need a necklace. And I, I, I guess a big part of Man, it. I got to tell you, somebody find me a wife. It sounds great. I would assume a big part of it has to no, be it has to be like the food. You know what I mean? Uh, the meal's going to be expensive if you go out to eat. But even like yesterday, dude, just doing burgers and brats. I went up to Giant Eagle and spent like 50 bucks of right. like, you know, I gotta get charcoal, got to get meat, got to get buns, got to do all those different things. So like I would assume the meal has to be a significant chunk there. You know, I was expecting you to be all annoying on Twitter yesterday about that? that because everybody complains about people working on like Thanksgiving and all oh. this stuff like that. And yesterday, Mother's Day and everybody's out working at the restaurants. Plenty of moms out there working yesterday. Yeah. Here's why it's all right, though. All right. Is like I saw some people bitching about this. Here's why you got to not complain about people working at a restaurant on Mother's Day, especially servers. That's the one day they're going to make a ton of money. And honestly, Mother's Day can be moved around. You can make it Monday in your house. You can make it Tuesday in your house or whatever. But that, like the rest of the years when you got to feel bad for the server working, because that's when they're not making any money. The holidays, they're raking in. No, the rest of the year, we don't care. I'm not tipping her. <laughs> um, listen, at the end of the day, you know when you work in restaurants, you're going to have to work on Mother's Day. If you don't like it, get another job. Or, or, you're, or somebody's going to pick up your shift and make way Way more right. money. I mean, you're going to make three days worth of money in one day. $23 billion. On Mother's Day. Okay, now, I, I $23 billion, and I bring this up anytime we start talking billions, dude. I know. Star Wars sold for $4 billion. You could have bought five Star Wars franchises, four, six Star Wars franchises for the amount we spend on Mother's you Day. You know, every time you say this, I start to feel like Lucas got fleeced. Yeah, do it, dude. $4 billion for I, I just, I can't believe I live in a world where somebody can make $4 billion. I'm like, you know what? You got fleeced a little on that deal. That wasn't good enough. $23.6 billion We're you suckers. all spent on Mother's Day. I'm going to help you get some of it back with $1,000 right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 810, we'll give you another $1,000 with our workday double pay. Lucky the mics were off for that one. Right before I cracked him, Stansbury said something. I'll tell you, I'm fine. I just said, I was like, dude, I kind of want a girlfriend. And I was like, no, wait a minute. No, I don't. <laughs> like, right before I went out. But I think I might. I don't know. I'm in a funk lately. I am in a little lull. Like, you know what's going on with me right now is that I'm in a little bit of a routine that needs to be busted. I okay. like playing golf after, in the afternoon. Don't get me wrong. Right. I like doing that. But I'm a little, like, I like. I woke up this morning and I realized, all right, today starts Monday. I can tell you what every day this week's going to do. Okay. What it's going to be. I, I like, I'm not going to, but like, I could like, 
I can tell you basically how today's going to go, how tomorrow's going to go. Like, there's no unexpected in my life right now. And I kind of need a little unexpected. There's definitely comfort in routine. Not like pregnancy scares, but like a little <laughs> unexpected would be good. There's comfort in routine, and it's something I think most people need. But once you get into a lull, once you get into a funk, I can certainly see how that's a problem. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I know you love playing golf, but like... It's expected. You know you're gonna go out there. It's you also know expensive. What, you know what you're gonna do. You know. Well, dude, let me tell you, girlfriend, not any cheaper, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna tell you that much right now. Not any cheaper. Uh, when we last talked uh, on Friday, uh, some chick had slid up into the DMs there. Yeah, that was more about um, wanting to discuss issue, social issues. Oh and, Jesus! I mean, <laughs> she wanted to talk to you. No, well, <laughs> no. I mean, she. Uh, you know. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. We may end up having coffee, her and I, but I don't know about that. Okay. And I I don't, I wouldn't bet on that turning into a relationship is what I would say. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of obstacles in that one. Okay. She is interesting. And that's kind of the thing is like, I I tell Fantone that all the time. I meet beautiful women all the time. I haven't met somebody that I find to be interesting in forever. All right. Well, the chick, it's been a long time. The chick that slid up into the DMs not happening. But I told you, there's that daytime bartender at the Chop House. Maybe we should make a stop over there. Right? So <laughs> I haven't gonna... seen this woman yet, and I would like to see that. I, uh, I don't know her. Not that. <laughs> that. Let me see that. Let me see she it. wants to talk to me about things. Oh, gross! <laughs> Bring her out Hate here. It. Let me get a look at it. Spin around. Um, no daytime bartender there. Who knows, dude? You know, I no, uh, I, yeah, I, I would, I would like to, uh, I would like to see that person. There you go. There you go. All right, so I read this, and I know a bunch of people are going to get really upset about it because right. this has to do with soldiers and like how we treat them after uh, after they return home from war, right. and then um, after they uh, well lose their life there. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to start pointing out some hypocrisies on this one. Okay. You you get into it uh, online for you right now in the Sandsbury Show section is a video at wrqk.com that shows you how everyday sounds can trigger a soldier's PTSD. And that was a very interesting view. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh, you know what? I never, it's one of those things where like somebody shows you something, you're like, oh, you know what? I was aware of something, but I didn't think about it fully until like somebody walked me to the doorstep of it. Yeah, you. it's hard. I mean, it's, I don't even want to say it's hard. It's practically impossible for somebody who has not lived that life to put themselves in that situation. I consider myself an empathetic person, but to even think that I can relate to what, you know, soldiers have gone through, battle-tested soldiers have gone through, yeah, it's impossible for you to be to really put yourself through that. So, in a related but not a direct, you know, relation story, a a family had a visitation for a family member that had died. Okay. George Taylor, and he was a 71 years old, and he had served in the Vietnam War. Okay. God, two people that served in Vietnam are 71. Crazy. Yeah, my dad was in Nam. Crazy, man. So, yeah, that's about right. You know? I, I always view kind of Vietnam as like one of the wars that wasn't that long ago, or I'm like, ah, it wasn't that long ago, but yeah. It long was, enough. Long enough. I mean, you're 71 years old, yeah. So, what had happened here is that I guess the family of George Taylor, the soldier who had passed, was waiting on like the insurance check from the company. It was like nine grand. All right. And they weren't able to pay the funeral home because they hadn't got the check from the insurance company yet 
Okay. Okay. Which, by the way, separate side note, maybe we'll get into this a little later in the program. Why does it cost $10,000 to die in America? Why does it cost you ten grand to die? To no longer be a burden on anybody, it co- like that's crazy. I understand yeah. money yeah. to be born. Like I kind of get that, even though I think that's insane that you owe money on a planet you were born on. But that's just me. But it costs ten thousand dollars to leave the planet. Like we got to start looking into that. I mean, obviously, rich people have stuff that that poor people don't. But we're talking about a veteran too. Like if anybody deserves to die for free, you know what I mean? Like if anybody should be able to get that pass, it should be our vets. I <laughs> like, totally agree. So. They didn't, so the family didn't have the money to properly pay for all this stuff. Right. So they reached an agreement with the funeral home, and people are outraged as to what happened. Okay. When you walked in for the visitation, George Taylor was just laid out on a gurney and had the American flag draped over him from like neck down. This guy's body? Body. No coffin. What? No, no other like. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but none of the other like bells and whistles that kind of come with like a funeral showing. So homie is just laying there on a slab. On the gurney. Good lord. Wheels in view, the whole thing. And people are upset. Now Now the funeral home, now initially when I saw the photo, I was like, how does the funeral home let that happen? Yeah. How do they let that happen? Yeah. Right? Well, then I start reading their side. And their side is, look. There's there's a price due on these things. The family was made aware of what it was. Yeah. This was a this was a solution that we came to together as family and funeral home. We the, we we found a way to make this happen. And what this is, these are people who were in the audience of this that are upset about it. And the family themselves say, "Look, we don't think it was right what happened, but we weren't able to pay because we hadn't got the check yet from the insurance company." And this is what's happened. So now, like, this funeral home's getting death threats. Because, let's be honest, this is a soldier. This strikes at the cord of people, right? right? And so their thing is, is had we said no, we're not just going to do that, people would have been upset with us for not, you know what I mean, facilitating a showing for a soldier. They they were kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't here a little, other than the fact that what you are... That it costs ten grand to die, right? And obviously, I mean, but what, they don't set that right. That's kind of like what the yeah. I mean, dude, you can get pissed at that funeral home all you want to, but it's every that's funeral an industry home. problem. And I, I'm not going to come into business and be like, well, dude, no, you have to give soldiers stuff for free because you know we like if there's a military spot on the radio, if it's like, hey, join the Marines, you can bet your ass that they paid for that. You right. know what I mean? So it's, I'm not going to get into the realm of that. But this is a funeral home that we're talking about. Somebody who's in the business of dead bodies and displaying them and stuff like that. You can't tell me that they didn't have a casket they could have put the guy in. You can't. They have one. And even if it's only for two hours. I would think they would. Even if it's only for two hours, dude, you put that guy in the casket. And you. And if, if you have to wait for the, for the insurance check to get there for his actual burial casket or something like that. But when we're talking about a, 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 a veteran of our military, you're just going to put him on the slab and throw a flag over him? I mean, looking at the photo, Whoa. it doesn't look good. It does not. The, the op- and I always use this word. Optics are bad. The optics are bad. 
And of course, this has been shared now seven million times on Facebook or whatever. That's hyperbole, but it's been shared a ton. And, you know, one of the comments on the woman's post is smearing the reputation of a funeral home because you disagree with the arrangement that was made is not good practice. Now, obviously, that's somebody that's related or involved with the funeral home that's going to take up for them because most people are on the other side of this. But the funeral, I'm telling you right now, if the story comes out that the funeral home wasn't willing to facilitate a showing for a soldier, right? Game over. Well, now this game over. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Here, I, somebody, uh, one of our big listeners and a, uh, a a former serviceman himself, Jay White, brings up the fact of well, what's going on with this insurance company? How are they not able to expedite that? Knowing that there's you know a dead soldier and a a a, a guy that's just laying there on a slab, like that's a little bit on them. I, mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around in this story, but at the end of the day, that funeral home's got another wooden box. They do. And and even if it's just, dude, hey, this is the dis- this is the display model. This is the but but for during that service during that time, show the guy a little bit of respect. I, you know, somebody's asking me, you know, do they still owe the money even though they didn't, you know, get all the things? I believe they came to this is why this happens because they came to a financial. Um, like meeting point where they both felt comfortable about what they were going to do. So the family paid for what they could. And this is what that covered. Uh, yeah, dude, it is. It's just a tough place. I, I, you know, this family obviously had to go through hell there in the sense of they just lost their loved one, and now we can't afford to give dad, yeah. grandpa a, a casket. We, we uh, funeral, uh, you know, homes are a for profit business. We got to be. I mean, dude, you know how many people serve in the military? I that. I mean, they're going to end up losing a lot of money if it ends up becoming like this is what you do now. If somebody, if we wanted to start a foundation that kind of paid for all of that and did all of that and like helped work with the funeral homes, I could be with that. I'm not sure a private business can really take that on. I, I, but like I said, they, they at least found a way for you to have the moment where you say goodbye. I, I'm telling you, Fantone, if they would have shut the doors on these people and said, no, we're not doing that. And because nobody's going to stop and listen to them say, we weren't just going to put them on the gurney and have that photo out there and look like heartless funeral home directors. You know what I mean? Like, and nobody was going to listen to them say that they had to do something here, right? They had to give them a loaner, dude. They had to give them the, all right, here's the, here's the floor model. We'll just let you borrow it for two hours, dude. I mean, if I take my car, I mean, I just bought my car, right? Right. If I take my car and to get service i get a loaner until i until my they're done with my car if if you're savvy enough to be like well we can't shut the doors on them because people are going to be pissed we didn't we didn't show a serviceman well then have enough foresight to be like well we at least need to put them in in, in a box there i'm also hearing it's against the law to refuse a coffin or to i'm sorry to reuse a coffin that's a health department rule that seems like one of those things like, let's make sure we clean off the needle before we lethally inject somebody. Like, that seems like one of those laws that doesn't totally make sense to me. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. The Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show. We'll get you hooked up with $1,000 with our workday double pay 810. Your next keyword happens. Right around the corner from doing that. Multiple times on the show, we have made you aware that Fantone has worked in a million restaurants. Yeah. And uh, you have have said many times, and you have well broken my heart <laughs> that the idea of safe, clean food is a myth. There's no such thing, and that if you eat out, you are eating dirty food. 
Yeah, and the point isn't that like every time you go to a a place you're going to get a spit burger, but if you eat out enough, inevitably you have done that. Like I say, you know, whether it's somebody messing with your food, maybe it's somebody you know, maybe it's somebody you don't know and they just having a bad day and they take it out on your burger, um or uh, you've had a fry cook not wash his hands after he went to the bathroom or your server just smoked a cigarette and she didn't wash her hands coming back. Um, inevitably, somebody's touched your food in a gross way and there's not too much you can do about it. I've worked in fine dining. I've worked in crappy, you know, greasy spoon restaurants. I've worked in fast food joints. I've worked it, you know, just across the board. I've worked in every goddamn restaurant you can. And uh, it's 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 a myth. It is. Clean food's not real. People would automatically make the assumption, too, that the more money you spend in a restaurant, the cleaner and the nicer nope. it's going to be. And nope. actually, I bet it's the complete opposite of that. It's not it's not a it's not like a guarantee. You think like, oh dude, oh this meal's thirty five dollars per plate here. I'm gonna oh this is a fine dining swanky. Nice. No, dude, you have the same people working in the back. And if anything, you got people in the back who are making eleven bucks an hour if they're lucky. And are dealing with people who are spending a ton of money on food who are probably rude because you're spending a lot of money on food, which is making things worse. F this a hole, dude. You think you're gonna order some forty five dollar steak? Right on it, dude. Right on it. Right underneath that butter they put on it. Oh, dude, dude come on, man. I mean, I, I, like, and honestly, as I got older, I became more and more like, dude, you really have a responsibility as a as a restaurant employee to, to make not sure do any of this. Well, to make sure that you're taking that seriously, because people do expect stuff to be safe, but you know, you can you can you can expect till you're blue in the face, but that doesn't make it fact there. Not only is it like people going out and like trying to do something awful to your food. It's just the standards can slip. Of course. And like, ah, eh, this isn't warm enough. Eh, who cares? Yeah, right. It'll probably be all right, this and that. Just microwave it. It's fine. Who cares? Whatever. And not even in restaurants, but like a lot of what we'll do now, and I don't mean like these gas stations now that have like full-blown restaurants in them and stuff like that, right. but like sometimes like a gas station will just kind of have like a warm food thing. Mm-hmm. Breakfast sandwiches just sitting there next to the cash <laughs> register like, where did these <sighs> breakfast sandwiches come from? From from delicious land is where they came from. That's where they came from. But there's been a botulism Oof. outbreak. That's bad in Sacramento, California. Okay, where a handful of people have been hospitalized in serious condition with botulism over the nacho cheese sauce that was like being served at a gas station. Now I'm looking at this. Valley Oak food and fuel. And this doesn't look like, again, this isn't like one of these chains now that has like a full blown restaurant in there. You know what this was? They had like a warmed up nacho cheese pushed up, you know, thing here. Versus like, excuse me, but let's not act like we all haven't seen that thing. And you're at the gas station, you're like, dude, oh, nachos right there. Open the bag, pour the cheese right there. We've all done it. We've all been there. They say it was not stored at the right temperature. And it's now caused botulism, Jeez. which apparently I didn't know much about this until I read this. The symptoms do not sound great. You have trouble breathing. Your vision gets blurry, slurred speech, droopy eyelids. So apparently you're stoned. Hospitals treat botulism with an antitoxin followed by intravenous liquids, which means it's going to be expensive as hell to get over this. It's not just food poisoning. You're not just gonna, right. you're not just gonna dump it out three times and like, oh my god, what's the matter with me? No, botulism is gonna f your day up. Five to ten percent of botulism cases are fatal, meaning people die. 
Yeah, I'm sure what happened here is Yikes. there's like a, a food safety zone and where cold foods are cold if it's under 40 degrees and hot foods are hot. I think it's over 150 or 160 or something like that. And anywhere in between that 40 degrees and that 160 degrees, what if, where you're supposed to be cold or hot, that's all just bacteria breeding. Okay, you know what I see people do in their homes a lot where that can make you sick like this? And people never think about this. Like my ex-girlfriend and I used to argue about this all the time. Okay. People will take hot food, yeah. put it in like a what you know, uh, like a Tupperware container, and slam it right in the kitchen or right in the refrigerator. Right. I mean, that's terrible. You got to wait till food cools down before you put it in. Like like freezing hot food, cooling down hot food like that. It it like uh, it like makes it bad. The longer the, the longer the food is in that danger zone, the worse. The more likely it is going to be that you're going to get sick from it. And you're right. I used to work at a soup and sandwich place. I don't want to name which one. Um, but there, like with, with the soup, what we had to do is like we'd put it in these bags at the end of the night, and then we'd have to give it an ice bath before we put it in the freezer so it would cool it off and bring it down. Shocking because it. If you, yeah. Right. If you just put it in there hot, the outside's going to freeze quickly, but the inside's going to stay warm, warm. And then that's when you're going to get bacteria starting to breed is through that overnight process. There. See, I we used to make dinner this is my ex and I used to argue about this all the time. We would make dinner, and then I would take the leftovers that I wouldn't eat, surprisingly. Okay. And I would just leave them on the kitchen counter. And she'd be like, just put them in the refrigerator. Like, because she was like, everything had to be put in its place, like, right away. Right. I was like, I will when we go to bed, because I don't want to die tomorrow when I eat that at lunch. Depending on how big it is, if it's a huge amount of food, you're definitely going to have to do that. If you're talking about, like, a single, you know, or if you're talking about two hot dogs in a, in a, in a sandwich bag, probably be okay. be okay. But, like, anything. If, if, dude, if you got, like, a big Tupperware thing of, like, leftover mashed potatoes and gravy. Yes. Yeah, you're probably going to want to let that, you know, well, let's come down to temperature. Let's bring that down to temperature and but then put it in the refrigerator. In the fridge, I think you'd be okay. I think it's when you freeze it, that's when you'd really... Oh, is that right? I think so. Just, I, just I'm not basing this off of, like... You know, 10 years ago, restaurant knowledge that I had. I feel like the fridge probably a little bit safer than the freezer in that sense. But you weren't wrong. You weren't like crazy See? for thinking that. See? Botulism they got from nacho cheese from like a, from like a, a, again, it's like a looking at the photo of it, it's like a hole in the wall on the side of the road place. But see, this is what we do. This is what Americans do. We drive around, we're going around, hey, we're, you know, we're headed road trip. Yeah, I'll eat this thing that I wouldn't eat at my house for all the money in the world. I'll eat it right yeah, here. You like the locals. Yeah, I like the locals. Eat, eat nacho ga- or gas station nachos. And the good. risk is botulism, and we just don't care. Just no, give, me don't. N- give me nachos. nacho cheese. I want a fountain. Give me a nacho cheese fountain <laughs> all right what we do have for you cheese uh, related is money that's the right kind of cheese, cheese. We, got, the cheddar. we got the cheddar we'll give you a thousand dollars next on the stansbury show what did i just say the stansbury show on rock 106.9 welcome back to the stansbury show gonna get you hooked up with a thousand dollars five minutes from right now 810 you get your next keyword yeah that's good need it also 820 we'll talk to scott from winning for next year.com Get his take on uh, sports world. Yeah. You know, yesterday was one of those eye-opening moments when I realized why my sport, golf, can never be popular. Why it could never be like a huge sport like it was back in the day right. via television. Because yesterday was the last round of the players, which is like one of the big tournaments of the year. There's like four majors, and the players is widely considered to be the fifth major. 
and you get a ton of stuff. It's not only do you win and win money and get the trophy and all this, but you get like a five-year tour exemption, meaning no matter what happens in your career for five years, you get to play in the PGA. Wow. You get to play in that tournament That's no matter impressive. what for five years. And wow. so, yeah, it's a lot comes with it. See, right? I had this impression that the players was like – it was the players, and it was no. an AZ at the end, and you went out there, and you were just pimping. But that's not what it is. Some of the uniforms look the same. Ah. But it started out, like, the whole, you know, the field is amazing. But right. come Sunday, this kid won, and I watch golf every week, and I don't know the kid. Mm. And I barely know him. See, that's a problem with giving somebody a five-year pass, too. Right. It's like, eh, dude, does this guy really deserve it? But, hey, man, to the victor go the spoils. Yeah, so. I, it'll be interesting to see. Now, it looks like he's going to be really good, but like this is what I'm saying. like It's better for the sport if like a Dustin Johnson or a Jordan Spieth or a Sergio Garcia wins it, but it's some unknown. Like, I watch golf every day, and I barely know this guy. Now, I, I, I know the point you're trying to make, and I, I guess the counterpoint to you it. You need stars. The counterpoint to it is, though, is you need competition, and that's why we all watch sports, or at least that's uh, why we sell it to ourselves. Well, I will say that. Golf's the most competitive game week in, week out that it, you'll see. And, and would it be, There's more parity. Would it be better served? Would sports as a whole be better served without those superpowers in place? The Cavaliers, you know, the the the, the Patriots, the, the the teams that, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you know, people want to cheer for a winner, but there is that, like, that underdog story, I guess, and maybe that's part of the reason why March Madness always gains that momentum. Cinderella. Is that, is that, that oh thing. my gosh, never would have thought this team did it so i don't know maybe maybe we'd be better served without the super teams and whatnot police officer in east liverpool accidentally overdosed on drugs after responding to a drug-related call friday night chris green responded to a traffic stop around nine o'clock friday night they say he had witnessed justin buckle 25 of east liverpool perform a drug transaction they then blocked the cars in to keep both he and the passenger cortez collins 24 of cleveland from uh, trying to get away. Once they got blocked in, apparently they tried to dispose of the evidence in the vehicle itself, which I can't for the life of me figure out why you would try to do that. At that point, right. you're caught. Right. Put your hands up, accept the punishment, and just go. Add desperate people, desperate situations, man. So apparently they were trying to dump this out. It was white powder all over the seat and the floor and the guy's shoes and his clothing. Okay. So he, then the police officer, Mr. Green there, followed protocol, which is, you know, put gloves on, put a mask on when you're like, you know, cleaning up drugs and that kind of thing. Says, but when he got back to the station, another officer noticed that he had the powder still on his shirt from cleaning it up so out of instinct the way we all do whether it be crumbs or whatever it was he just kind of like started to brush it right all right about an hour later he passed out at the at, at the police station Whoa. yeah he had passed out they believe the powder then was fentanyl which is what we heard which is what people seem to be cutting their heroin with and it's a very powerful drug now they say here often mixed with heroin it gets into the body just by touching it a small amount they say can be lethal I, I'm not a hundred. Obviously, if the news report, I guess, includes that information, but I'm not a hundred percent sure of like you just by skin contact. I didn't know that either. I, now, obviously, I know there are you know there's that that gray death everyone's talking about. And yeah, like, that's like the new thing now. And and, and I, I know there's drugs you can absorb through your skin. I wasn't aware that fentanyl was one of those drugs.
I, in my mind, it was always like, no, you have to ingest it. But what do I know? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm I'm not shooting heroin, so I don't know. Man, but do think about that. Just doing your job, doing it right, doing you know, getting everything done, you know, by the book. And next thing you know, you go back to the police station, you pass out. Um, now this is 100% internet speculation. I'm not saying this is the case or the facts or anything like that. I just saw somebody saying this during like in a comment section. Um, any possibility that this officer, was using drugs and that's what happened and this is the cover of like well he was using the drugs and oh and, god and man i, I just picked it up and i was just giving an officer to the benefit of the doubt it. there i mean listen I, I i agree with you i i am not trying to put this on this guy people are saying though allegedly you know it's it's one of those situations i i mean i guess i'd have to leave the door open for the possibility of it right i don't i don't think so i right. think um, I'm not sure other officers would be commenting and giving a- accounts of what happened if they felt like although oh, I was protecting the boys in blue there. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's a stereotype and not necessarily truth. But nah, I'm saying this was on the up and up, and okay. they tried to dump the the drugs out in the car, and the guy was just doing his job. Next thing you know, he, you know, he gets it in his system. And like I said, I'm not trying to say no, otherwise. I know. Yeah. You know, I'm making sure they know. I'm making sure the other <laughs> yeah. people know. What Fair a terrifying enough. place, dude. You know, it's bad enough for a cop that every time you pull somebody over, who knows they got a gun, what they're doing. But now you have to worry about accidentally touching drugs. drugs yeah that's a, i mean that's a very very tough job that sometimes we forget about we will talk to scott from winning for next year.com we will do so at 8 20 but you're getting a thousand dollars right now a wide open to the sounds around him the scansbury show on rock 106.9 welcome back to the scansbury show on rock 106.9 joined this morning the way we are every monday by scott from winning for next year.com my man how are you Doing well on this fine Monday. How about you guys? Uh, I'm doing well. You, uh, dude. So you're married. You have the kids, right? So your your wife's a, uh, a mom, right? What was Mother's Day all about? Uh, I had my family over here on, nice. uh, on yesterday, and I uh, actually cooked for my parents and siblings, and they came over with their my niece, my niece and nephews, and I actually manned the kitchen for the entire day, and I, I was exhausted by about nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I would imagine so. Do cooking for other people is very stressful. Especially yeah, and entertaining in general is, is 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 a bit stressful. But yeah, but especially when you add in something like me having to navigate a, a foreign land like the kitchen, um, it be, it became even more so. But it was a success. And I'm sure your kids probably not chipping in at all for your wife's Chris or for your wife's Mother's Day present nope. at all, dude. Just, Dad's got it. <laughs> Son of a Dad's got job. it. Dad, Dad's got good jobs. He'll take care of us. So I want to talk to you yeah, about this because I feel like the NBA kind of screwed this up a little bit. And I can't for the life of me figure out why you would start the Western Conference Finals before the Eastern Conference semis wrap up. For the people that don't know, Boston and Washington still have Game 7 tonight. And I kind of feel like they missed an opportunity to own Mother's Day the way the NFL tries to own the holidays that are through their season. Like, they own Thanksgiving. The uh, You know, the NFL does. There's now two games mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, I just don't understand why we didn't, like, move that Eastern Conference game or maybe wait to play the Golden State-San Antonio game until after tonight. You think more people want to watch Boston and Washington than, than Golden State and San Antonio? No, I think I th- think the NBA is better served to have both the games on on the same day to try to make them. Oh, you know okay, what I, mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, NFL well, goes out. They like to stagger, obviously. Um, they, they both, they, they're all going to be prime time from here out, so... You know what I mean? So, like, every Eastern Conference Finals game is going to be at 8.30, okay. you know, against whomever they play. And so every Western Conference game 
Um, you know, barring, I think, I think they might have an afternoon one, but I think that most of them are nine o'clock at night. So when you have, when you, when you're trying to jockey for that prime time slot, they had to, they have to make their choice. And, and anytime a Sunday game's involved, they're going to try and have their premier team, you know, whether, or at least Western Conference team in Golden State, uh, have that slot. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and, and it's, it's been known, you know, for a while that game seven, against Boston and uh, Washington would be tonight anyways if, if needed. So the schedule was already pretty much predetermined, and I think the fact that Golden State was the one you know, locking up that first Western Conference spot, I think that made it much easier for the NBA to decide who was playing on Sunday. It just kind of feels a little crazy to me that essentially, you know, Cavaliers still have another two two nights before before they play basketball right. again. And a little bit, and it's not necessarily true, but a little bit after watching that game yesterday between the Warriors and the Spurs, I feel like the Western Conference Finals are kind of already over. And the reason I say that, you know, Golden State came back from a huge deficit yeah, yesterday. Now, we can talk about Kawhi Leonard, and we certainly will, but they, they, they were able to pull off a win that they weren't supposed to win. And when you do that, when you win games you're not supposed to, that always kind of feels like to me, well, like, ah, dude, you've got the upper hand there. Um, within that game, uh, the big story coming out of it, um, you know, San Antonio star, I don't know if I want to call him a superstar, but one of the best players in the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, um, he, 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 uh, he sprained his ankle. Now, this was an injury that already kind of existed, but he re-aggravated it yesterday. A lot of people saying um, that Golden State player, Zaja uh, um, Pachulia, Pachulia, Petulia was was responsible and was kind of uh, maliciously placing his foot, trying to sprain that ankle. Is there any validity to that, or was that a basketball play? I I, I would hope there wasn't validity to it. Um, I you know you never know. You can it's hard to judge intent, especially when it's something like feet. You know, it's not like he's cracking down on a wrist or or yanking on a shoulder or doing something along those lines. Um, you know, I I I don't think Zaza's a dirty player. Um, you know, if you, if you, uh, he was largely revered as one of the nicest, uh, you know, I guess teammates type, type situations when he, when he ended up going to Golden State. So there's a lot of people that were very happy for him to, to get that slot. So by all accounts, he's a pretty good dude. Um, I, I just don't, you know, I, 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 I hesitate to say, yeah, you know, dirty that, you know, get him out of there. Cause you know, as you mentioned, the, the injury was already kind of there. Uh, he is, he will, Kawhi Leonard will finish in the top five in MVP voting this year in, in some form or fashion. So while he may not have the, you know, stage presence or, you know, the same, you know, outward, po- you know, outside of the game kind of persona that a lot of the other guys do, like Russell Westbrook and James Harden and LeBron James, he, from an on court standpoint, is easily one of the best players in the league. So if he's going to miss extended periods of time, it will make it much tougher, to your point, for, for, for the Spurs to to win this series now, you know he he did, but he did miss game you know the last game against Houston and then uh, San Antonio ran away with it. So I don't want to make it sound like you know it's it, things are over. But you know they did lose Tony Parker. If they lose Kawhi Leonard, it could be it could be much tougher tougher trails. But again, you know it's they got to win. Um, you know it, which sounds simplistic, but you know they got to win on the road as well. So we'll see what happens in Game Two here. Um, I, I think. By all accounts, Golden State was going to be the winner of this series anyways. Uh, if you're a Cavs fan, you just want this series to go a little bit longer because, like you mentioned, they will have played two games before the Cavs play their right. first. And if they sweep, they'll be, they'll be the ones sitting and enjoying all the rest that the Cavs have been enjoying up to this point. 
Who do you think wins tonight, um, Game 7, Boston uh, versus Washington? You know, <laughs> momentum's a funny thing. Uh, this series has gone back and forth, and as, you know, the, the the notes have been you know out there. No, no road team has won in this series throughout the regular season or playoffs. So if Washington would win, that'd be uh, you know, a pretty crazy finish to an already very entertaining series. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with Boston, though. I think they do finish it up at home. Um, I, I think just the way they've been playing at home, and if it wasn't for a couple huge shots against against them, you know that that wall three was clutch. You know that doesn't happen. That game's a much different outcome. And uh, I, I do think Boston, you know, figures out a way to avoid a situation where that could happen again. Yeah, I have a feeling that Boston's going to be the team that walks out, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's okay. If anything, I feel like that makes Kyrie Irving's life a little bit easier in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, versus John Wall, you're getting Isaiah Thomas. And, I, and I don't don't get me wrong that you know obviously Jr. is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting, but if you play Washington, you got Brad Beal and you got John Wall, and yeah. one of those two guys better guard gonna, play. One of those two guys is going to make Kyrie do a lot of work. So so you know I, I don't know if home field or home court advantage necessarily is that important when it comes to LeBron and the boys. Um, But I think Boston wins too. Um, One of the things coming out of game six of that Boston-Washington series is the missed, I don't want to say missed call here, but like there was a second that the clock management that that the officials kind of were off on and, 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 and Boston missed out on an extra second of game. And I feel like it's a broken record that we're kind of playing here, but the NBA officiating, it's... I don't want to say in, in a bad place right now, but you take that and you take yesterday during that Golden State and, and San Antonio game. I mean, Golden State players are blatantly shoving dudes when it comes to screens. I mean, it's not it's not like, oh, well, his feet are kind of moving. I mean, they are pushing guys. And is this something that the NBA is going to be able to take care of in any... I mean, I, I talked about this with you last year, I felt like. Is this a, 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 a crisis of officiating going on in the association? You know, when the when Fred Hoiberg came out and said it's impossible to guard Isaiah Thomas because he carries the ball every time, right. um, and and those and those videos came out with him literally stopping his dribble and restarting it. You know, I thought it'd be a good chance for the league to step in and say, okay, maybe we're going to watch this. Uh, they haven't. You know, they, you know, he still he still has yet to be called for something like that. Um, you know that you know that egregious anyway. Um, I, I am very interested, however, to to monitor the. As you mentioned, the the moving screens because the the way that you know it's it, a flick of the wrist or a, a, a split second you know change of direction can can look like a carrier can that um, you know Zaza Pachulia you know literally sticking his arm out and pushing people or Sean Livingston driving guys below the rim like their sleds in training camp in the NFL it's 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 a it's a much different situation and I'm I'm wondering if you know the league will say, "Hey, like, listen, we can't, we can't let this get by." I mean, it, as a fan of the Cavs, you know the Warriors are already deadly enough when it comes to shooting, and when you're going to open up lanes like that, they become impossible to defend. And it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. But, it, but retroactively, I mean, this—they've been doing that for years. I mean, Draymond Green gets away with illegal screens right. all the time. Um, you know, we we talked about it during the finals last year. So. Why start now? I guess would be would be one question, but I guess why not would be the other, given what's on the line. So Scott, you are on loan to us from waitingfornextyear.com, and I have one question to ask you before we let you go. And this is what's on everybody's mind: Screw the NBA Finals. <laughs> is Deshaun Kaiser ready to start? Is he? Uh, <laughs> do we know? Is he ready to start? Uh, what is going on in Berea? Is there anything I need to know about heading out there? 
right now? No, again, you know, Hugh Jackson came out again and said it's Cody Kessler's job to lose. Um, and I, I think that, that, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I know that's not exciting to think about. No, it's not. Um, you know, it sounds like Kaiser has the physical tools and is, 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 is ready from that regard. But we, we've seen many quarterbacks come in here with physical tools and not be able to mentally handle the gig. Ryan Leaf. But I think they just want to mentally prepare. Um, you know, by all accounts, Njoku looks like a freak. By all accounts, um, you know, Miles Garrett's the same way. Uh, he's go- and Garrett said after rookie camp is over, he will stay in Berea and continue to train until veterans show up in the, at the end of the summer. I like it. Um, you know, so, yeah, and that's exactly the opposite work ethic we saw from the Justin Gilberts and Johnny Manziels of the world. And I think you, you saw, I don't know if it was a concerted effort, but you'd have to assume that the, the mental capabilities of the players they drafted factored a lot into where they're positioned on this team's draft board. Um, you know, including Jabril Peppers. I know, you know, they, he's, he's going to enter the, this, this season or his rookie year in level one of the NFL's drug, um, or substance abuse, uh, platform or program, or whatever you want to call it. And it'll be up to him to work his way out of it. You know, he, and he insists that the diluted sample was because of over, uh, hydration at the combine. And if that's the case, that, that'll be up to him to prove it. Um, but I mean, by all accounts, again, the kid speaks very, very well. He, he, he answers questions head on. And that's something that, we just haven't seen from a lot of rookies that come into Berea. So it, it, there's a lot of reasons to be excited. One of them may not be the starting quarterback for this season, but, you know, when you see the, the crop of kids that are coming in, um, you know, things are definitely turning up. Well, the good news is is that the quarterback position is not the most important not position in all of sports. It's like right field. <laughs> so that's the good news. Thank you, Scott. That's uh, Scott from com, Buddy, we'll talk to you again next Monday. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Hollywood is slashing shows. Your favorite show may have been canceled. We'll get you filled in next on the Stansberry Show. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9, You'll get hooked up with $1,000 with our Workday Double Pay. Also, 9.30, we have Rancid and Dropkick Murphy tickets. That show, July 30th, the Jacobs Pavilion. That's a good show. If you like one band, you probably like the other. Right. That's just two fastballs right down the middle for you. It's going to be a good show. If you've got safety pins in your clothes and you made a mohawk with Elmer's glue, it's the show for you. You're not into the rancid or dropkick, huh? Eh, not particularly, dude. Punk music never did it for me. I mean, I can remember, like, what do you mean you don't like, you know, and uh, 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 what is it? No effects. What do you mean you don't like those guys? What do you mean you don't like dropkick Murphys? And I was just like, dude, I don't know. I don't like it. I like DRI back in the day. They're pretty good. A few others, but it's not my favorite style. Somebody said to me this morning that, speaking of punk, that the Ramones sold more T-shirts than they sold albums. Uh, I find that close, hard. right? Yeah, I was gonna say probably close. It's it's hard to argue with that. Like you see Ramones shirts everywhere. Anymore, I could say that about all classic rock bands too, because they're all on Target. They all, yeah. you know what I mean? And Led so, Zeppelin like, shirts, Pink Floyd shirts, yeah, right? People are just buying Black Sabbath t-shirts who don't like Black Sabbath. But, 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 the thing I'll say about Black Sabbath, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, all commercially very successful. Ton of hits, ton of albums sold. Where Ramones, not so much. Ramones have like one song that people might know. And yeah, and I would say the same thing about Slayer. Where like, dude, everyone's got a Slayer shirt. Slayer Every- sold more merch than they did mm-hmm. albums, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. People, dude... People lie about liking Slayer so much. Slayer. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give they're you that sweet. one. They are. I mean, I'm not no, they're great. Pretty good man. Yeah, they're re- yeah, they were great back in the day. But yeah, they probably sold more merch 
people are going to say, what about your favorite band, Kiss? But, I mean, Kiss sold millions of records. And a little bit of a difference there, as in, like, Kiss probably did sell more merch, but, but that's design. because they have so much goddamn merchandise. Mm-hmm. It's not like, um, it's not like people are just wearing Kiss shirts, like, ironically nowadays. Like, they sold shirts because Stansberry bought 43 shirts, right. dude. And same Clown Posse, the exact same way, where it's like, well, yeah, dude, they've sold more shirts than albums, but, like, that's you know, by design. Another band that sold more shirts than albums. Slayer's a good pick. Whose shirts do I see everywhere? The Ramones, that's totally true. I would say that. You know what? By the end of the show, I'll come up with a few other bands that I see shirts all the time, and I'm like, there's no way that many people actually really like that band. Concert shirts and like band shirts, not nearly what they once were. Like, I can't think of a single band nowadays where I'd be like, yeah, dude, you know, I really want like a... Okay, like, we're going to Rock on the Range. Right? Right? I might get a Soundgarden shirt because of that whole reuniting thing, but I'm not going to buy a Metallica shirt. Um, now, I have Metallica shirts, though. But there's not another band on that bill that I'm like, yeah, I like them enough. Let me sport your wear. You have Metallica shirts old. from 1993, though. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. have... It's not like you're buying new Metallica gear. I feel like no. merch isn't nearly what it once was. I, I have a new rule, too, on this. Like, occasionally I'll buy shirts from bands I see at the Agora because, again, I'm working and, you know, yeah, that kind of support thing. there. Yeah, and so, you know, you support there and all that. I kind of have a rule now where if I don't... If I won't go out and buy your new record, I'm not going to buy your merch. Like, I'm not buying your shirt. Like, Animals as Leaders played Saturday night. Now, I bought the record and I bought a shirt. Because I was like, all right, yeah, these guys are really good. I really, you know. And, uh, you know, I think people are always like, oh, I want to support my favorite bands. Don't get me wrong. Buying the album helps. It's better than merch is way more important. Right. Concert tickets and, uh, and, and merchandise is the best way to put money into the hands of your favorite band. Slipknot may have sold more shirts than albums. I could see that. A TV network is accused of playing politics. Now, in television, there's these things that are called upfronts. Mm-hmm. And what upfront is, is that they go in front of advertisers. And up front of this season, they start showing them episodes of TV shows to build interest for advertising. To find, like, this show brought to you by this. Right? And so, shows get canceled now. Things that, you know, the announcements of shows get canceled now and that whole thing. And ABC had a hit on its hands with Tim Allen's last sitcom called Last Man Standing. Now, it closed on its sixth season, and they're saying that they're taking it off the air. Now, on ABC itself, the only show to have beaten it was Modern Family, which isn't saying much because Modern Family beats most things on TV. Right. You know what I mean? Modern Family's slaying in the sitcom world right now. Now, I gave up on Modern Family a little while ago, but it could still be great. As soon as the kids got old, I was out, dude. I mean, once once, once the the young boy was like a teenager, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm done. Yeah. Once his voice started to change, I was like, yeah, I'm out. This is awkward. I'm out. Right? But Last Man Standing was pulling around an 8.1 million viewers per you know this last season, so pretty good. That's for television. That's pretty good. Okay. Now Tim Allen has been vocal in his life about being a more conservative person. The show was geared towards a more yeah. conservative style of joke. Uh, yeah, I mean it was it was it was jokes. I mean it yeah. was like you don't deserve fifteen dollars an hour. That's that's who that guy was. He was anti Obama. The whole thing. Okay, was was very vocal on it. So now people are saying ABC is canceling this over Tim Allen's views. 
Is it part of it? Maybe. But I don't think this is... Let's not pretend ABC is going to throw a television hit away over what Tim Allen thinks when he drives off the lot. You, you guys, you don't understand this money. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, it's billions of dollars get advertised. They're not going to just go, you know what? We don't like Tim Allen's attitude. We're just going to throw billions of dollars overboard. That's not the way it works. And it's certainly not over his views personally, over what he does publicly, over like his, his persona, and if he's going out there and being a bit of a rabble rouser when it comes to stuff like this. That, you know who he was when you hired him. Right. That's, I feel like, a little bit different of a conversation than saying, like, well, it's his views. Well, it's not his views. It's his public persona that he's putting out there. Six seasons of a show is a lot. Oh, yeah. For a sitcom. In today's a modern age, sitcom. Ugh. And what people are going to tell me is, it's 8.1 million viewers, though. Right. But what were the viewers going to be next year? What ABC might be doing here is not playing politics. And what they might be saying is, you know what the new thing in TV is going to be? Get out while it's hot. Instead of staying at the party too late, and man, has this show gotten bad. Because let me tell you what's harder to do with Last Man Standing and Tim Allen. It's harder when the guy, when his politics are in power. What are you going to do? Can't mock it. Can't mock it. You're a conservative. The show's based conservative. Can't mock this. What are the jokes? And, right, where are the jokes? More importantly, Trump is so polarizing even inside the Republican Party that you can't champion it because then even conservatives are like, yeah, but dude, this guy's nuts, right? So they're kind of in a stalemate with this political thing they were doing on this show. And to get six years out of a sitcom is a good run. Right. I mean, especially out of, I mean, post-2000 Tim Allen, if you said, hey, you're going to get a six-year run, like, well, that's, that's pretty He's decent sign right up for there. It. Um, you know, a lot of people are now making the pushback against ABC, which is owned by Disney, which I mean, you know, kind of worth noting. They there. have their history. Um, and a lot of people are making the pushback. A lot of people are saying, oh, we're going to boycott ABC and we're going to, you no, know, we're not. not. Gonna. Well, at the end of the day, what I'm going to say about that is number one, you're a snowflake. Uh, number two, Fair. number, number, number two, if this really is an issue and Hollywood is so left and oh my gosh, every studio, every movie studio, everything's so left and blah, 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 blah. Well, dude, as, as conservatives, as Republicans, as champions of the free market, make your own goddamn TV network and play all conservative stuff. And since conservatives are so in vogue right now and everybody's so conservative and, oh, we won the popular vote, well, then you're going to, dude, you're going to be gangbusters if you make your own TV network and you can play all conservative-ish all the time. Television is art. Art has always been more more liberal. That's where your artists come from. So that's why Hollywood leans that way. Let's, like, the product is, that whole Hollywood is liberal thing, is crazy. Okay? I, I want because it's partially true that the actors and actresses are liberal. Go talk to the heads of the studio. The guys who are making the money, the movers and shakers of that business, I'm telling you, dude, there are corporate greed mongers like every other like CEO of any other major company. I guarantee you, heads of studios. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the press release says. I'm telling you, when they lay their head down on the pillow at night, those dudes are ultra-conservative, and they just don't care because they're willing to make money making liberal product. 
That's a, but the whole Hollywood is run by liberals is crazy. It's acted by liberals. It's not run by liberals, right? I mean, I would imagine that's going to be the one industry where all the CEOs are just like, yeah, let's pass out everything. No, dude. They might put on the public front of that. But when they go home, they're telling their wives as they're cutting into that $300 steak, these idiots fell for this. They think I'm a liberal. It's so funny. That's what's happening here. Six run, six seasons was a great run for a sitcom. ABC isn't playing politics. They're getting out before, instead of staying at the party too late. Another teacher caught with a student. Get that and a thousand dollars next on the Stansbury Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You got a thousand dollars headed your way right around the corner. Nine ten, we'll give you your next keyword for our workday double pay. Now this is the last week for that. You got this five days, and then we're done. But it does run all day from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. So Fishhead will get you hooked up. Kramer can get you hooked up. Can be us. But this is the last week. Yeah, you better get those thumbs ready, dude. Win $1,000. That would be the best text message I've ever sent in my life. Yeah, 1000 bucks. Yeah. Better than some of the bad ones there. Yeah, I have a lot of them I wish I could take back over the years. That's for sure. We were talking about, um, you know, somebody said to me, earlier about the the Ramones, a guy tweeted at me and said, you know, they sold more t-shirts than they did albums. I started thinking about that. I was like, you know what? There's probably bands like that. And Fantone said, I bet Slayer's a lot like that. Not that Slayer wasn't great, and not right. that people don't love Slayer, but like, people false front on liking Slayer a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, it's not that people don't love Slayer, but there's plenty of people out there who really don't love Slayer. They're like, yeah, dude, I'm a big Slayer fan. Okay. Alright. And then I was like, well, I wonder who some of these other bands could be. And somebody said to me, and I hope this isn't true, but Iron Maiden. Now, they sold a ton of t-shirts, but I would say, now, I will, interest of full disclosure, I maintain and have maintained that Iron Maiden is the greatest heavy metal band of all time. All time. I know Black Sabbath started it. I know Metallica is like a big group in the, in the format, but for my money... Pound for pound, Iron Maiden has the best catalog of anyone. Iron Maiden released a record in 2012 that was good. Like, damn good. I'm going to give Iron Maiden more albums sold. Nod, 90 million albums sold. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. But it's not that many. It's probably more than t-shirts they've sold. But think about how many artists have sold 100 million albums. I don't think that's that rare. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know I wouldn't know the answer on how many bands have sold a hundred million records. It sounds like a lot. I mean, that's ten albums going. You know what I mean? That's a lot. Um, you've got the Beatles, Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elton John, Zeppelin, Floyd. So, the heavy hitters. Right, I mean, that's a, big ones, that's an exclusive list. Yeah, I mean, those are some of the greatest artists of all time. But they're up over two hundred and fifty plus. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not ready to put Iron Maiden on that list yet. Sold more than Iron Maiden, Rihanna, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, ACDC, Whitney Houston, Stones, ABBA, Queen. Iron Maiden sold more records than the Stones. Now Rihanna and all that stuff, she just hasn't been out long enough to compete with their with their catalog. Stones over Iron Maiden. Okay, all Stones right. Stones over Iron Maiden. Two hundred million on the Stones there, but you got to think. Okay, that with, makes sense to me. But like chicks with like Rihanna or Taylor Swift, who's in hundred ninety million plus there. Um, how, oh, I, I misheard you. So they have sold more than Iron Maiden. They have sold more. All these artists I'm naming have sold oh, okay. more than Iron Maiden. Eagles, Eminem, 
Garth Brooks, all these people. Um, Eagles make sense. Garth Brooks makes sense. You got to think a lot of those artists, you had to buy those albums because if you didn't, had to. you didn't get those albums. There's Taylor no way Swift, to have. I don't have to buy that album. Yeah, that's actually impressive. Let's go. I want that. Actually, I still don't own a physical copy of 1989, and I want it. I do. I want it. I'm hearing from Twitter that Jimi Hendrix and Bob Marley sold more T-shirts than albums. Marley, Marley sold more T-shirts than albums for sure. I would, you know what? I'd bet my life on that. Now again, I hate Bob Marley. Hate it. Even on vacation, I would want I would want Bob Marley to shut up. Even at a beach, I would want to take the ukulele or whatever the hell it is he plays and just beat him to death with it. I just I hate that whole sound. Hate it. And I hate the fact that because I've been a little honest about marijuana use in my in my life that people just assume that I'm like one of those idiots in Birkenstocks and Bob Marley t-shirts. 420, bro. No. Ugh. Ugh. Those are my least favorite kind of people. Bob Marley's sublime, man. I mean, that's really it. I mean, other than that, music kind of blows. Oh, God, I hate all those people with your coexist stickers. Ugh. Gross. The worst. I'm going to worry about a lot. I'm going to worry about a lot, Bob Marley, because everything's not going to be okay. This is a big flaming ball of death, Earth is. Nothing's going to be okay. God, I hate Bob Marley. Hate him. Sublime probably sold more t-shirts than albums. I could see that. Hey, you got to remember, a limited amount of albums coming from them. What do they have, like two, Two, three? And shot himself in the face there. Is that that's what happened to him? Isn't it right? Or was it an overdose? Heroin, I think he was overdose. Whatever. Cares. Pim, Blind Melon, all that blech, stuff. I actually threw a party. This is a true story. I threw a party at my house the day the guy from Sublime died. I was like, dude, thank God. That whole awful rain is over. It's over. We had a kegger at my house. It was awesome. God. Now, again... I totally understand why Rock 106.9 plays Sublime. I get it. They totally fit, and they should be played, and a bunch of you love it. Oh, make sure you get the bong in there. You That's important. The in there, make sure you... I Now, again, full disclosure, I always rip Cypress Hill for the same thing. Oh, my... Yeah, okay. Let's give you the thousand dollars. <laughs> Whatever it takes to make Sublime stop here. Here's some money. Dansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the program. We have a pair of uh, Ransom Dropkick Murphy tickets. We'll pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. We're online for you, WRQK.com. Bunch of good stuff up there today for you in the Sands Ratio section, including a video that kind of shows you how everyday sounds can trigger a veteran's PTSD. What they do is they show you a little video from, like, war and conflict, and then they show you... Like everyday things that make very similar sounds and how this stuff gets triggered, and I'm telling, it was an eye-opening thing to see. One of the uh, one of the things I've often heard about with people who are returning from the Middle East serving over there is like trash on the side of the road because I guess that was very common for like uh, you know bombs to be kind of hidden. Just looking at it real quick, right? You're driving down the street and you see something that, never that, that, of that looked like that, and I've. Uh, it just it's such a it's such a I don't want to say a weird thing that they go through but it's such a unique thing in the sense of like I can try to understand I can try to be empathetic towards it I can try to get it but like you can't if you haven't been there if you haven't done it it's just and and the video gives great perspective on that that's good stuff also if you miss Stipe knocking out Junior Dos Santos over the weekend 
That's up there for you as well. That's a bad man right there. Dude. You know, somebody said, and I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody tweeted at me just a little while ago and said that no heavyweight champion in the UFC has defended the title more than twice. So if he does it again. Really? Yeah. Dan Severin, Frank Murray. That's those what guys. I thought. I, I that's why I didn't want to quote it and like stand next to it because I was like, I'm not sure that's accurate. But I don't know. I it more you lose more than you win. Oh, I mean, yeah. The, in the UFC, it's not boxing, right? So like, what Stipe has done has been impressive. Oh, there's there's no question about it. Um, earlier in the show, we talked about it. A lot of people saying that this is putting him into the greatest heavyweights of all time conversation. And uh, I mean, if you're getting up into that territory, uh, uh, you know, in what was it? Th- this will be his third defense of the I believe title. so, yeah. So, like, you're already getting into that territory. Obviously, Stipe putting the heavyweight class back on the map. There, yeah, he's so. uh, that is one bad man. That video is up for you, WRQK.com as well. All right, so we talk about this all the time uh, on the program, that there are certain professions that we just assume that people are doing their job and doing it the way they're supposed to be doing right. it. You see a lab coat, you think smart, intelligent, yep. grown-up adult yep. who would not fall down on the job. Yep. Well, Kalia Shaw of Snellville, Georgia, found out the hard way that that's not true. Damn it. She had been uh, dealing with a little bit of depression, Fantone. So right. what she did is she went to go see a doctor, right? Which good for her. That's a, uh, that's a no pun on uh, words here, but it's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow oh, for, yeah. for, you, for you to say that you're going to go see a doctor over something going on in your head. Um, and to make the decision of like, well, I'm going to pay for this medicine is a tough thing for a lot of people to be like, all right, it's worth it. A lot of people think like, ah, whatever. It's, eh, you know, I'm not, I, I'll just deal with it. Yeah. And that's probably not the best way to go about it. No, definitely not. So she went to the doctor. He prescribes an antidepressant. Okay. okay, so then she does what we all would do, which is she goes Go to her... snort them? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my driver's license? I gotta crush these up. No, 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 no. No, funny, but no. She went to the local pharmacy to have them filled, right? That's what we all do. Of course, yeah. So she starts taking this medication, and over time, she started to get blisters all over her body Okay, and was in excruciating pain. She says, to try to put it in perspective for you, that it felt like I was on fire, she says. Okay? She was then diagnosed with a rare but serious skin disorder that's called Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Okay. And what happens with Stevens-Johnson syndrome is your skin dies, sheds, and heals it, it will heal itself rapidly. She was in the hospital under a medically induced coma for five weeks after oh. being diagnosed for this to allow her skin to go through the peeling process. Oh, and that's terrible, dude. They just decide, hey, it's so painful, we're just going to toss your ass into a coma. Right. Eesh. Wakes up out of the coma, only to find her skin scarred, vision's a little poorer than it was before, her fingernails and sweat glands entirely gone. God, dude. That's terrible. Yeah, it's terrifying that a disease like this even exists. So according to the Mayo Clinic, Steven Johnson syndrome can be triggered by a medication or infection. So what Shaw believes is that an incorrect dosage of the antidepressant that she was given is what spurred her case. She stopped taking the, medica- uh, the medication. The effects of the rare disorder aren't temporary. 
I've seen photos of her before and after. This is now three years removed from this, and you can tell there was something. She's still an attractive woman, right? But there's you can tell something had happened to her skin. Well, and you can only imagine like the mental, you know, anguish that comes from stuff like this. And I mean, how terrifying that would be for an individual to go through your skin falling off of your body. There's no cure. And they say the 26-year-old, now that it happened to her, it could happen to her again. There's no telling uh, when, why, how, how it could happen. It could just happen. So it's not even like, oh, well, I'm off these meds now, and hopefully no, she's going to have to deal with this forever. The doctors have warned her that it's not a guarantee, but there's a very strong possibility that this might happen to you again. Now, she's filed a lawsuit, and two attorneys specializing in medication error litigation are representing her. And what they claim is that it wasn't the doctor who prescribed the drug to her. It's that somebody at the pharmacy were feeling rushed and they say poorly trained and then incorrectly filled prescriptions or failed to notice the errors. And they say this happens all the time in pharmacies that are like overworked. I mean, you really do have to think, and it's, I know this, like the joke of like, oh, doctors with their bad handwriting, but like, you know, you've got some pharmacy tech working at, you know, whatever, the Revco, and uh, nice. you, you, you see this, you see nice. this. Took you me see, back a little bit there. You see this scribble on a piece of paper, and you think you says, well, is it 20 or 200, or what is that? And I mean, I could totally see this happening. So, as we're all, and I'm sure you are, sitting in your car thinking about this awful skin disease that this woman got by this, right? And you're thinking to yourself, oh, my God, how awful. I don't want to look scary. I don't want to look like a monster to people. This is the other thing. Her medical bills are now sitting at three. Listen to this. Three and a half million dollars, Phantom. Three and a half million over a pharmacy, probably tech or somebody that just like didn't look properly or maybe had the wrong thing and made a mistake. And now this woman's got like this disease and a three and a half million dollar bill. You know what the thing about this is, though, is that like you have no way of like checking on this. There's a lot of things you can be like, well, you know, I'll make sure that, you know, they gave me the right Taco Bell order. I can look through my bag. All right, there's three tacos. There's a cinnamon twist. But when it comes to like pharmacy stuff, what are you looking at? You're looking at that bottle of pills? Yep, look right to me. White. Right. Stamped with these right, three letters. Right. You have no idea. And even if you, you you don't know what the dosage of those pills are and if they got the right ones and like you're dude, that's that's one hundred percent yeah, I trust you because you're you've got you've got, you know, You've got scrubs on. Yeah, I trust you. I mean, I I remember being a teenager, and I was dating a girl whose dad was a pharmacist. And the guy worked at, like, the local drugstore. So, like, and again, being a kid, I didn't realize, like, that that paid a lot of money. Because I was like, what? The guy at Rite Aid makes a ton of money. You know what I mean? But, no, it turned out, and it's because they should. Because pharmacy, dude, pharmacists, that's, like, that's a very real adult position there kind of the last line of defense when it comes to your medical procedures like if there's one person who's going to be able to catch it before you start taking those pills before you start taking two drugs that interact with each other negatively it is going to be your pharmacist there he should make a lot of money i absolutely and so should kalia shaw of snellville georgia who had her skin melting off she says i never had heard of steven johnson syndrome until the hot i was in the hospital with my skin melting off of my body Oh, how terrifying is that? I I want to tell you to check your medication, but like you're gonna know, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I want to check that stuff out, but none of us know what we're taking at all. We have Rancid and Dropkick Murphy tickets. You'll have them next on the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9, where we have Rancid and Dropkick Murphy tickets for you. That show July 30 at Jacob's Pavilion, 1-800-243-7625. The number will, uh, where we'll take your phone calls on those. Looking ahead, tomorrow's program, 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new Miley Cyrus, new Sons of Palomino. I don't, I don't, never heard of them, but they have a song called Country Holic, and we feel like that's going to be pretty good. And brand new Green Day, Revolution Radio. Ah, see, see, Green Day getting political. Back to their American idiot type stuff. Yeah, back to the American idiot type stuff. I wonder if they're going to sound British on this one. Aren't you guys from California? Yeah, but we sound British. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there's an email in your corporate email, Phantom, from the boss man yeah. about like this. You know, every year we have to do like FCC and you know, the kind of training uh-huh. and like EAS type stuff, uh-huh. and he's on it. Okay, um, it, there is a deadline, and he would like it done before the deadline. I've done it. I okay. do, I did it this morning. I'm just telling you, just do yourself a solid. And get it done. When, get her done. When you said to me, uh, Fantone, there's an email in your inbox waiting for you, I thought for sure it was going to be, You're done. Uh, You're gentlemen, out. gentlemen, could you please stop telling your listening audience to send D-picks in instead of keywords? You know what? That's that's good, though. That, let's pretend that email did come in there. <laughs> your next keyword for our Workday Double Pay happens at 1010 this morning. I do want to uh, make you aware of this. I know this may sound weird for people to be like, why are you promoting something happening on another radio station? But one of our sister stations... Fox Sports 1350 got a major upgrade on their on-air staff. And from 3 to 6 this afternoon, you can hear Mark Munch Bishop tell you about the sports. And uh, those of you that have followed my career closely for a long time, you know I have uh, a ton of love and affinity for Mark Munch Bishop as my first job in radio was being his assistant in the promotions department. He was the promotions director, and I had like worked my way up a little bit and started as an intern, kind of, you know, then, you know, part-timer, this and that, and then became his promotions assistant. And uh, we worked, Munch and I worked side-by-side for years. He's a consummate professional, treats everybody exactly the same, um, has more energy than any human being I've ever met in my entire life. It's insane. I have no idea where he gets it, but he's one of my favorite people ever, and I'm so happy he's back with our company, and uh, it's good to be on the same side again. Yeah, dude, Munch is just synonymous with Ohio sports, and Mm -hmm. you can't can't pat the company on the back enough with this decision here. Good good move. Plus, if if I get let go from here, I I think Munch might hire me to help produce his show. And I, dude, I got all my eggs in the Mark Munch Bishop basket. That's where they are all at. All right, we have Rancid Dropkick Murphy tickets. That Do show it. July 30th. If you're able to go, be caller 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Make sure you're listening to Fishhead because at 1010, he gives you $1,000 on Rock 1069.